it's okay for this not to be your zone of genius and there to be better uses of your time. And so I encourage you, um, you don't have to do it all. Uh, and I encourage you to embrace what you do enjoy doing and what your zone of genius is so you can do more of that. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Walker. As a former naturopathic doctor and anthropologist, I align the intersection of personal performance, purpose, and innovative thinking in badass women working to change the world as entrepreneurs and go-getters. Anthropology is the study and science of what makes an entrepreneur think, feel, and perform in a path compelled by a vision for helping others, solving problems, while building a life on your own terms. Together, we are exploring the health, mindset, and strategies that distinguish the world's best entrepreneurs. This is the Anthropology Podcast. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. This is episode 237, and I am calling all business owners, and not just any business owners, I'm calling out those business owners who would describe themselves and please put up your right hand if you're one of these people who would describe themselves as, well, I'm just not a numbers person. My guest today, Danielle Hayden, is a uh, professional bookkeeper and founder of Kickstart Accounting. And uh, we have dedicated this episode to those people who are self-described as I'm not a numbers person. And what we get into in this episode are not the nuances of bookkeeping. Danielle's awesome, but I'm sure even she doesn't want to go there in a podcast episode. What we are talking about are the things you need to know as a business owner with respect to your numbers. We dedicate this to the people who say they're not a numbers person, because even if you're not, you still need to look at them. You still need to know where they're at. And this amazing hack you can do in life is learn how to outsource the management of those numbers and to learn what the key indicators are that you need to look at so that you can grow and have the impact that you want to have on the world. This episode was fun. It was highly informative. And I'm super excited to introduce you to my guest, Danielle Hayden. Danielle Hayden, welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, we've got a conversation where I'm like, what I was trying to figure out how I actually wanted to place what it is that we are going to what we're going to discuss, but we're going to unpack this idea that we both see with so many entrepreneurs, which is, I'm just not a numbers person, mm-hmm. which is, which is okay. But I really feel, well, actually, no, it's, it's not okay. It's not okay to run a business and then compartmentalize this little component of it called the financials and say, well, I'm not a person who really is into that kind of thing because it's part of the responsibility of being a business owner. And it's this massively powerful tool for contribution that you have when you know how to harness it and leverage it. So my challenge to everyone today is going to be that we put onto the shelf that volume of the novel that is I'm not a numbers person. And we step into this conversation from a blank slate perspective. 
I didn't even mean to talk this much, but I like, I want, I had to set this up because I don't want, I don't want the people who were previously in the novel of, um, I'm not a numbers person to go running to the hills because this, my friends is an episode for you. So Danielle, I'm wondering if you can just share with my listeners who you are and why you also care about picking up this new version of the story. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I just want to piggyback off of what you were saying and that uh, I really create a safe space um, to talk about norm- about money and make this a normal conversation, which I think is is really important. When you start to think about money and talk about money, there's a lot there. And I, just for anyone who's like, do I listen? I really try to take all the overwhelm out of it. Um, so I co-founded a company called Kickstart Accounting uh, seven years ago, and our number one mission is to help entrepreneurs grow their business through data. I was working as a, a chief financial officer uh, for mid-sized businesses, helping the board of directors, investors, uh, you know, big money, have take all this information make business decisions, and quickly grow these businesses. And then I said, this is what entrepreneurs need. This is why there is a gap and a divide between entrepreneurship and big business, because entrepreneurs are not embracing that information, making data-driven decisions, and balancing leading with our heart and our passion with numbers and data so that we can all grow and, and have the business of our dreams. So Yes, we do bookkeeping, but that is just the foundation for all other business decisions that entrepreneurs need to make. Well, and you know, I think the one thing that is universally available to us as humans is we're like, we're interested in unique insight. We spend literally, I'm always fascinated by this number, but like billions of dollars annually as North Americans on psychics. Like we're super into unique insight. I didn't know that. So... I feel like most people don't don't oh. know that. The random stats I I look up to make my argument. So I actually feel like we're into unique insight. I think part of the challenge is we don't we don't know what data is useful and we don't know how to interpret that particular data. So can you break that down for us? Because there's lots of accounting tools that are available to people, but I'm not sure necessarily all of the accounting tools and all of the numbers and all of the potential reports are, are necessarily what we need to know inside and out. What are the key things we need to be looking at? Oh, I, I mean, we can, we can go on and on and on. But I, I think the big thing that I want people to do is to start because that's the biggest, uh, the biggest hurdle. Um, we tell ourselves a story where I'm not a numbers person, so I don't, I don't have to look at it, right? Because I, I'm, I'm, it's almost, I'm, I'm going to call it what it is, but it's almost an excuse, right? So it's an excuse so that you don't have to go in and attack this category of information that you don't feel comfortable with. And that's really what it is, is a level of comfort. Um, so there's a ton of reports out there. There's a ton of systems out there, but I want you to pick one that you will be consistent with so that you don't feel overwhelmed and you will actually begin. Um, so I can give you some just high level, um, you know, you need an accounting system. Google Sheets and Excel is not an accounting system. <laughs> um, Second that. Yes. Um, you know, so once you're in that accounting system, 
you can start to take the reports and the metrics and figure out what what is giving you insight, right? So experiment with it. Talk to your bookkeeper. Talk to your tax accountant. Um, do some do some research on some key key performance indicators for your industry and just start exploring. This can actually be fun because as you start to explore, oh, well, okay, this is this is how you come up with that metric. And and here's what it's telling me about my business. And then as you start to look at those, those uh, KPIs, you can track your progress, you can catch problems, you can make better uh, business decisions. But I'm going to, I'm going to just going to pull like, you know, three metrics uh, to get you started. I want everyone to know what their their profit or margin is by product or service. So that's your gross sales, so sales you, that come in the door, minus any direct costs for that product or service. I want you to be profitable by product or service. And you need to be able to make decisions saying, I want to I want to put more of my marketing dollars. I want to make more of an investment. So those those services that are, are are more profitable. I want everyone to know where they're spending their money, but we have this really fun uh, tool that we send to all of our clients. It's called expenses as a percent of sales. Have you ever ran that one? Probably. It's fun. It's really fun. So we we provide it to all of our clients when we send them their financials. And it will tell you, so let's say I, um, how much, how much of my gross sales are going to subscriptions? How much, what percentage of my gross sales are going to contractors or employees or officer salary? It's really enlightening. We have clients who say to us all the time, oh my God, I'm spending 15% of my sales on subscriptions. I need to dive into this, right? Right. So when you think of it like that, not not a dollar, right? It's not it's not you know, $100, it's not $5,000, right? It's not just a number. It's a percent of your actual sales, and that's yeah. pretty pretty eye-opening. Um and the the third metric that I'll give everyone as a, as a starting off place is break even. This is a big one because I want you to know how much after all of your expenses, how many products you need to sell or how many clients you need to break even. And then from there, you can decide how much you want to profit, how much you want to pay yourself as a business owner. And you can back into those goals because you know what your flat line is. And then you can goal set from there. It's so empowering for your mindset. It's fascinating for me as a uh, a strategist who works with business owners, how often they are like, okay, I want to talk through this strategy because I'm looking for insight onto like which of these two things I should uh, I should execute on. And they're super in the weeds related to like their Instagram and their TikTok campaign in order to get traffic. And I just look at them and I'm like, well, like how much does it cost to produce each of these? And what kind of revenue do you anticipate on the backside? And it it hadn't even entered the framework of decision-making for so many practitioners. So, you know, I want to acknowledge that I think for so many people who are willing to take the courageous action to become entrepreneurs, one, like that's, that is super hard. 
The next piece is actually finding and creating a product that people want to buy. So if you've got people who are buying your product, great, you've got proof of concept. That is awesome. It takes courage to do that. It takes strategy. It takes knowing your industry. If you want to grow past the proof of concept place, now we have to put a new layer of decision-making on top of it, which is knowing your numbers. So the I'm not a numbers person novel only gets you to this level. But I, I, I have yet to meet an entrepreneur who's like, oh, I've, I've crossed the multi six figure, seven figure line who isn't intimately connected to and on top of the numbers and data that drive the decision-making within their, within their business. It is, it just, there's, you can't, that's what a business is. Yeah. Is, you said is, it earlier in the, in the, in the podcast that I, I just want to, I want to touch on it again because yeah. I thought it was so beautiful. It is your responsibility as a business owner to understand your numbers, right? And I and I really like that you said that because as you start to hire team members, contractors, you collaborate with other vendors, suppliers, um, you are impacting other people, their businesses, their families, and then it does, you have a responsibility, right? You have yeah. a responsibility to continue that relationship and and fulfill those obligations. And by tuning into this, you can fulfill that responsibility. So I, I wanted to touch on that because I thought that was really beautiful said. Well, and you know, I think we, we get caught up in this thing of like, well, I just want to help people or, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of business you have. Like, I just want to serve my amazing homemade ice cream, or I just want to cater. I just want to do these things, but you know, I, I want to be my own, my, be my own boss. And I'm like, I think that most figure skaters just want to get out on the ice and, and skate to music, but it's the getting up at 4am and going to the gym and strength training. And there's lo- like, no one ever just gets to do their their thing, their yes. we have to look at all of the pieces that go into the effective training, the effective execution of whatever it is that you do at the highest level. And I know I, I'm not needing to belabor the point, but I really, I really would love to inspire people to lean into looking at the numbers. And I'm not, I'm not the bookkeeper. I'm not coming at this from an accountant uh, perspective, but I am coming at it from someone who um, has the experience of knowing that the numbers are actually what determine and uh, enlighten those uh, those next steps of your business and your capacity for impact. So what I, I'm really interested in understanding is people are making this transition. They're like, okay, great. We got it, Danielle and Megan. I got to look at my, got to look at my numbers. I'm still closing the chapter on I'm not a numbers person. I, I feel very strongly that actually one of the first hires you need to have within your business is a bookkeeper, is somebody who's actually going to um, be responsible for the the financial record keeping of what it is you're doing, especially if you're not a numbers person, right? Because it's not the thing to, this is not the area to then step into DIY. This is not crafts. It's for me, it's, it's, this isn't fun. Like I don't find this respectfully. I don't find this fun at all. It was the first thing I wanted to find someone to help me with. What do we need to know to hire a bookkeeper? Yeah. So it's okay to, um, either not enjoy this piece or enjoy it. So I was very surprised. I bet you love it. Well, I do. I love watching the transformation. Right, so yeah. I love the transformation it, it, it brings. So that's really what lights me up every day is watching the business owners go through this beautiful transformation. So, um, but I think that when you, when you make this shift, right? So 
you become an entrepreneur, you're, you, you, like you said, you have proof of concepts, right? You're starting to grow. You finally say, okay, maybe I like the numbers, right? There's some people who are like, I kind of like getting into my QuickBooks, or I think I might be a numbers person, or I, I'm, I'm not, and it's just taking me too long. Whatever that narrative is, this is not the best use of your time. <laughs> we all have our zone of genius. I know what my zone of genius is. I outsourced all of the creative pieces of my business, right? Because those were not my zone of genius. And so it's okay for this not to be your zone of genius and there to be better uses of your time. And so I encourage you, um, you don't have to do it all. Uh, and I encourage you to embrace what you do enjoy doing and what your zone of genius is so you can do more of that. When you start to think about hiring a bookkeeper, uh, I'm going to make this sound really simple. You have to find someone you like. <laughs> yes, they need to have credentials. Uh, yes, they they need to be um, somebody you can rely on. Uh, they need to be somebody who has been in business. Don't go to your friend, your neighbor, your aunt, your uncle, your mom, your dad, your spouse. Um, none of those people um, are set up for your long-term success. Uh, you need to find somebody who is qualified, has been in business, and will be there to support you. But if you don't ever want to call them and you don't want to get on the phone with them because you don't like them or they don't have the same values as you and your your brand, they are not a good fit. That sounds really simple, I know. But I want everybody to have a good relationship with their bookkeeper. I'm, I'm going to add, too, that your bookkeeper – should should be able to boss you around a little bit. And I mean this with love, but I get these I get these emails from my bookkeeping team and they they will say to me they're like Megan, there's these seven items that we don't have receipts for and I have no idea how you've justified this water park excursion as a business expense like I need it by tomorrow and I'm like, "Oh, Right. So one, I accidentally paid for the water park and two, <laughs> here are the receipts for those okay. other things. But I had, I've had, I've had bookkeepers in the past who, you know, they tiptoed around things or, you know, I want to know that you are seeing all elements of my business. And I also want you to know that you have the confidence to ask me, what is this fit? What's the purpose of this? Why is that happening? So, you know, I would say, especially early on in your relationship with your bookkeeper, expect expect and look for a lot of questions as they're starting to understand the nuances of your business. If you're not getting a lot of questions, I've now learned that this is a red flag, although lovely, because I feel like, oh, it's taken care of and I don't have to see it. I actually, now I'm like, it's a, it's, it is a bit of a red flag to know that things are probably getting, uh, are probably getting missed. Um, and again, yeah, find somebody you want to talk to so that you have mm -hmm. those conversations, right? So it should be somebody who makes this a conversation that is easier, right? Just not so hard. And that's really important. So when, we, when, when I hire people on my team, the most important thing for me is that they can embrace people like yeah. people, right? Because this is scary and it's hard. And, and I want you to want to get on the phone with us and have those conversations so that we can say, these are the five transactions we're not sure about. Or here's all the transactions, and we want you to understand where they're being categorized so that when you get your profit and loss statement at the end of the month, you understand what's going in operations subscriptions. 
or what's going in advertising subscriptions. But if you don't want to talk to them, you're never going to see that. And then when you get the profit and loss statement, you're going to say, what the hell does this mean? Right? Because you, you aren't able to um, help understand that, understand that. So bookkeeping is always just the foundation. It's everything else that is the most important. Yes, we, you know, we have a proprietary way that we set up all the chart of accounts and the income statement and, you know, and, and it's, like I said, the foundation, but it's everything else that comes after that, that is the beautiful part about it. So what does the profit and loss statement mean to me, right? What is it telling me? Where am I spending my money? Um, how much do I need to save for taxes? Can I pay myself more as an owner? Can I make those hiring decisions? So again, I want you to be able to get on the phone or shoot an email to that bookkeeper to be able to ask those questions because the bookkeeping is just the first piece. I want you to find the empowerment behind it. So you need to want to talk to them. Right. How does the how do these statements come to life in a manner that's meaningful for you, which is getting paid or growing your business or taking a trip or doing any of these, any of these other pieces that I know you probably are like, we're not a numbers person, but we are a trip person. And we are uh, like, we're, we're all of those. We are definitely going to lead into those other pieces. Danielle, if we're interviewing a bookkeeper, what should we ask? Uh, what does the process look like? Okay. Uh, what are the deadlines? One thing that we hear all the time and it's, it makes me embarrassed for my industry we hear, I emailed my bookkeeper, I emailed my tax accountant, and they never got back to me. Now what they did was they made you feel small because you feel unworthy and you feel like your business is too small. Why don't they want to answer my questions? I'm not good enough. And then they, and then I hear from people all the time, well, I don't get any reports from my bookkeeper. I know it's being done, but I don't know where it's done or how it's done. And I don't see anything. They don't give me any information. So I want you to ask, what is the process and when will I hear from you? So for instance, if you send an email that you can re- you can expect a response within 24 to 48 hours, when will you receive your reports? So for instance, we process all transactions by the end of each week. At the end of each month, every single client has their financials by the 12th of the month. So when will they have things complete and when will you get reports? And then what is the... Um, when will we communicate and what will be the communication method? So you want to know what you can expect from them for the fee that you're giving them. Um, Pricing, are you going to charge me by the hour or are you going to charge me fixed rate pricing? This is really important because if they're charging you by the hour and they have a team that isn't up to speed or they're spending a lot of time researching your transactions, why do you have to pay for that as a business owner, right? Um, find a team or find a business who is going to charge you in a way that fits your budget and your style. Um, you know, maybe you like that. Maybe you want them to say, it took me 15 minutes to process transactions. It took me two hours to reconcile. If you want to see that level of detail, then you might want to be billed by the hour. I find that most people don't. You want to know what your bill is going to be. You want it to be part of your budget and you want to know what to expect. So billing is another, just know that there are several ways to bill and you're not stuck paying by the hour. Uh, there are firms that that will pay 
or that will charge you uh, a flat rate. Um, some other questions are, what are your qualifications? How do you train your team? Uh, are you are you licensed and insured? <laughs> uh, you know, how long have you been in business? How do I know that you're not going to leave me? Right? Um, if one team member quits, do I have to teach your next team member how to do my books? I think those are all really important questions because I don't want you to have to manage your bookkeeper. If you are outsourcing this to a firm, you should know that if one bookkeeper leaves, they have the next person teed up and trained yeah. and ready. Yeah. It's not your job ever again to have to go through those. It's expensive to have to hire someone new. It's mm -hmm. expensive with your time and your energy and, and shifting of, of systems um, from one to the next. How important is it that a, a bookkeeper actually has experience in your particular industry? They don't, they don't have to have a complete niche in your industry. So maybe they serve several industries, but I don't want you to be the first one, right? So if you're the only therapist or you're the only fitness studio, you're the only, you know, I, right. I don't want you to be there first. First of all, learning the systems, you know, you don't want the, if you're paying by the hour, and they're never used that system before. Right. Now they're charging you to learn that your system. So it's different if you're paying them a flat rate and they're learning the system. Okay. Um, but I don't want you to be their first one in that industry. There are bookkeeping firms out there that serve only one industry. Um, or there's there's bookkeeping firms who serve for instance, women entrepreneurs, uh, and they're going to be more versed. I like the experience. If you serve more than one industry, I like that you can talk about what's going on in entrepreneurship, right? I like you. I, I like that you can talk about what's going on in other industries and what's working and not working, and then help bring that to your industry rather than being so so niched, so focused that you don't know what else is going on. Yeah. I, you know, I, I believe that strongly in life in general, if you're sitting on a board or in an other leadership position, you want people with a diversity of opinions, mm -hmm. not just one particular, uh, one particular vertical. I think this is super helpful. And, you know, I would love to also just know, like, what do your worst clients do? Like, what do you just wish people would have a handle on for you as the bookkeeper? Because I think for most people, when they're stepping into, when they're hiring their first bookkeeper, or I, I you know, I asked my bookkeeper this too, because I'm like, I don't want to be your bad client. I also, once I outsource this, don't want to be thinking about my bookkeeping. So what are some of the things that people do where you're just like, oh my gosh, like get your act together. I need you to at least be able to do the following. Separate your business and your personal. So boom. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, and I think that, you know, your water park example, that's okay. You know, that happens. Um, a one-off expense is fine. Doing it all the time is not, right? And it makes our job very difficult. It, it creates, you know, we don't, we don't want to be too conservative. So we don't want to assume everything is business. And then you have all these meals on your income statement that it was really you taking your family out. Now you don't really know how your business is doing. You don't really know what your personal 
finances need to be and you've you've muddied the water and yeah. as a bookkeeper it makes it really difficult for us to say okay well you know every time they go to walmart is that the groceries or is it a, a um a new you know printer so it's just really important it it helps the bookkeeper do their job really well if they know every time you go to panera it is you having a business meeting it makes the the confidence in the relationship, it makes the confidence in the transactions really, really um, strong and clear. Um, the other thing would be, you know, just answering our emails. <laughs> it sounds very simple. <laughs> Talk Not to that us. we're looking at me at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that you said that, you, you know, accept some bossiness. Um, you know, we call it accountability. So we, we tell all of our clients. That's a we nicer will, word. It is. It is. We'll be your accountability partner. So if you don't respond to me, I will email you. Um, so everybody on the team every Monday follows up on, with all clients. So if we have a list of things that we need from clients, every Monday the team sends every single client we're waiting on a note to remind them we still need this. It's our way of being accountable. We had one client, though, who said, I see you. I hear you. Don't email me again. I'll get it to you when I get it to you. And we're like, okay. All right, we heard you, uh, but most people are like thank thank you for staying on top of me. I appreciate the reminder. So just if you respond, um, you know some things will keep you from getting your financial statements. So if you changed banks and didn't give us access or spent money somewhere that that we need more information on, you're not responding. It's going to keep you from getting your financials, which is going to keep you from getting the information you need. Um, so I think you know. Our rock star clients are the ones that say, hey, I don't understand what this means, right? Like, I want to get on the phone with you. I want to have a Zoom call. I want you to elaborate more. Tell me what I could do with this information. Those those are the rock star ones. It's not that they, they're not, they don't have to be numbers people. They don't have to be in tune with the n- numbers, right? That's all okay. It's okay for it to still be overwhelming. But they're the ones that say, hey, I'm here. I want to learn Tell me what I need from these and and let me use this to implement it in my business. Great, great perspective and, and insight. And I can't emphasize enough, like your personal life and your business life, they have to be delineated. And, you know, irrespective of your bookkeeping, like energetically, you need separate bank accounts for your business and your work because entrepreneurship is like up and down. And I don't want my personal life to be this constant reflection of, of my, my numbers in, in entrepreneurship, especially in the, the earlier phase of, of your career and of your journey. So just do yourself a favor and separate those pieces um, from the, from the get go. If you, if you can, Danielle, does a, is there any argument for bookkeepers actually coming into your physical space at this point, or can it all be done virtually? Oh, yeah, it, it, it crafts me up when I, I hear about bookkeepers still coming to the physical space. So we are 100% virtual. So my team is scattered across the U S um, we uh, collaborate with our clients via QuickBooks online, uh, secure file sharing and review, um, Finance, we have to do all our calls via Zoom. Um, Loom videos have like transformed my life. I love Loom videos. So if you don't know this uh, uh, tool, everybody go add it to your Google Chrome <laughs> immediately. Uh, it allows you to train your team, collaborate with other people. So we will actually, for clients who we don't hear from, 
we'll record them a video and we'll walk them through their financial statements and say, hey, here's what we're seeing. Here's how you can interpret this. Um, so I, there should not be a reason why your bookkeeper needs to come into your space. Um, if you are spending all of your money through um, your business checking account and credit card, um, it, it makes the receipt process really easy uh, and really streamlined. So you shouldn't be keeping receipts. Uh, if they're doing your cash management, so that means they're paying bills on your behalf. Uh, you can even take that process electronic. You can create an AP email address, accounts payable email address, where all of your invoices go to. And then there is a system called bill.com where your bookkeeper can then pay your bills on your behalf. So even those hard copy invoices that you're getting uh, can still be paid, uh, paid for uh, online. I love that you've made this perfect argument for everybody who's not a numbers person that you just need to hire that person. Mm-hmm. You just need to hire them. No more, no more sheets over the elephant in the room, but like we just need to hire the right person to be able to support us. Danielle, I feel like this is a perfect place in the interview to transition to something I call our KPIs. So we've got them in our business, but I also believe we have them uh, in how we live our lives as well. So uh, my first question for you okay. in the series of four quick questions is, what is your most recommended book or idea to contemplate that you've come across so far this year? So my favorite book is Built to Sell. Um, it literally has transformed my business. Is it on your bookshelf? Yeah, I'm looking. Not uh, this bookshelf. Okay. It's my favorite book. Um, I absolutely love it. It it helps you understand that you need to separate yourself from your business. So um, the the book is really well written in a way that has concepts and not just how to. Um, so everybody needs to read the built to sell. I like listening to audible and getting the book so that I can highlight and listen at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I've got that. I've got that like double investment strategy as well when it comes to my books, but um yeah, no, it protects my time really well. What is your favorite health hack? What do you do to support your health? Oh, I'm kind of a like a health junkie. So um, I love all things. Um, I wake up every morning and do um, Wim Hof breathing. Um, it's a, a meditation technique. And then I work out every morning. Huge shout out to Peloton. Um, but for me, the hack would be is making it accessible. So I said earlier about same thing with the numbers and the bookkeeping, right? You're not going to do it if it's not accessible. So do whatever you're going to be consistent with. I by having it in my home and being able to so I'm sitting in my office and right next the room next door is my workout room. So my hack is having it here and it there's breaks down all the excuses. Go next door. hundred percent. I know my husband's so excited to go back to the gym and I am like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back. Like I, it's just, I need easy and I need momentum. So I totally hear you on that. How would you define your purpose? (sighs) So I think that my business and my personal purpose are entwined, however, slightly separate. So I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, and I want them to know that they can do all things, right? They can be a mother and a parent and make it to football games 
as well as be a badass business owner and have a team and be a leader or not, right? Or maybe they don't want nothing of that. I want them to know that they can do it. And so I really try to show up every day for them very purposely so that I can be an example for them and their friends and that they can create a business that they can create wealth and, and still show up um, for them, for themselves personally, right? Find that time to work out and put yourself first and show up for your kids and, and to be able to really show up in all areas. But my business purpose is also to empower entrepreneurs to be able to do that same thing, right? I want them to be able to show up in their business and really grow and fulfill their dreams. And so i I think that we all need help and we need to start saying it's okay for us to ask for help. It's okay to not be the numbers person. It's okay to ask for help because then they then you can grow. And so I just want to help as many entrepreneurs as possible grow and lead lives that they can show up intentionally in. Absolutely love it. Last question for you, Danielle. Entrepreneurism, are we born this way or do we learn to become entrepreneurs? Ooh, uh, I think we learn it. Um, it's interesting. I was surprised as we've worked with hundreds of clients now, how many of them had um, some experience with entrepreneurship in their lives that um, that helped them cross the bridge into entrepreneurship. So I think they learned it. You know, maybe there's some personality traits that are important. Um, however, I'm going to call BS on that because you can not be a numbers person, right? And, and still own a business. Uh, so I think it's, I think it can be learned through interaction. And I think that's why I show up intentionally for not just my kids, but my kids' friends. Because if they don't have a business owner in their family or they don't have a parent at home that's showing up for them in that way, I want them to see that someplace so that they can get the confidence and that experience and take that into their own lives. Because I think that's where we have an impact is to be able to make, is to show our next generation what their capabilities are too. Yeah, I love the lens towards legacy in all areas of our life. Danielle Hayden, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Where can we send people to learn more about the work you're doing in the world? Yeah, um, come to uh, kickstartaccountinginc.com. Uh, That's our website. Um, I love Instagram. We're always posting tips and tricks and on my hikes with my golden retriever. So come hang out with us on Instagram. It's Kickstart Accounting. And if any of this resonated with you and you uh, want to learn learn more about this process, uh, I would love to uh, have a, a strategy call uh, with you. Uh, you can come to calendly.com slash kickstart accounting and uh, speak with our, our team directly. Amazing. All the links will be on our show notes, which is at meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. Danielle, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. See, that wasn't so bad. You just moved through an entire episode all about bookkeeping and you're not even a numbers person. You know, my intention with this episode, and I always sit down and kind of clarify what my intention and the key outcome is that I want for people to have. My key intention with this is that I wanted those people who have traditionally sort of thrown a blanket over the number conversation with respect to their business to really acknowledge that 
one, it's going to be way easier for you to handle this than you thought you're just going to hire somebody in two for you to really have the impact that you want to have on the world. You're, you are going to have to lift the veil on this component of your business. You don't have to be a numbers person to grow a business, but you have to look at your numbers. And those are two entirely different sets of concepts. It's really about taking responsibility for that, that next level uh, of your contribution and the work that you are putting out into the world. And, and thanks Danielle for, you know, mitigating some of those those ideas and those limiting beliefs that we had around this whole element of our business beforehand. Now, all of that said, I too, I mean, I like the numbers, but what I really love, I love talking about my business. I love building out marketing strategies. I love all of those fun sides of what it is that we are doing and putting out into the world. And if you are kind of like me and you're interested in these pieces, I really want to invite you to join us this year at Impact Lives. Impact Lives is the annual event that we run for practitioners. This year, it will once again be online, entirely virtual, which means we're going to have the opportunity to pull people together from around the world. We are meeting at late in November Tickets are on sale at impactlivesevent.com. And what we are doing over the course of the three days of this event is we are building out your marketing plan for 2022. We are building out the marketing plan for how you are going to speak to your ideal clients, the assets that you need to create, and what are the cutting edge ideas in the healthcare industry that are emerging with respect to promoting the work that we do. Now more than ever, the world needs the work that we put onto the planet, our purpose in terms of driving health and giving people healthier lives. And if we don't tell them that we're doing it, they don't know we're there. So the marketing piece is so critical to us being able to facilitate the impact in health that we were born to deliver. So I'd love to invite practitioners to join us. You can learn more about the conference, the amazing speakers that we are pulling together by visiting us at impactlivesevent.com. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me this week like always, like always, like since I was born, I am Megan Walker. I'm wishing you an impactful week ahead and we will see you, hear you and hang out again next week. 